All right, we are back on the Tour de Todd Cycling podcast. We've got Iman Lucas with us. We wanted to do an update. I told you I follow the people that I interview, and he has had a full season. He is now in Greece on vacation. Iman, talk to me about this. How are you doing? Todd, thanks for having me back on the podcast. Super excited to be back on with a little season update and i am doing mighty fine just looking at a beautiful mediterranean sea and got nice sun on me and life is good not bad not bad okay um you've had a full season i see how has your season gone so far and are you happy with it you know being back in the uci peloton and making the jump back to the continental level uh, from the amateurs has been really hard and it's been really rewarding and it's been quite a journey and to be honest, um, I'm happy but not satisfied. Uh, also, uh, back in April, I was diagnosed with COVID. Um, so that was a bit of a blow and super hard to navigate mentally and physically. Um, but, you know, coming good again in June and through the last couple months has been nice. And I've been making the steps back to, you know, being able to race my bike at this level. So, you know, so, so far so good, but not a hundred percent satisfied at all. Understood. How does that, how does COVID affect a top athlete? Um, did it really knock you on your butt or did you go through it pretty good and recover fast? Um, the sick, being sick didn't last too long. It was like three, three days of just kind of feeling like meh, but it was really a big, um, it was really big when it came to my heart rate and my heart and the cardiac system. And I really just couldn't ever get my heart to relax in a race. It was just, you know, stuck at 175 beats a minute and basically, you know, that for three hours when you have to do a four and a half hour race, you you just, you know, you're at threshold heart rate wise and aerobically for three hours and you just run out of gas. And so, you know, I was making it to about 140 K into the race and just lights out. Damn. So it was pretty, it was pretty heavy, uh, you know, cause you know, you, you're making it so close to the final, but you're not in the final yet. And you just have nothing to answer. And this is, yeah, done. <laughs> Yeah. How was it to get back into training once you got over it? Was it tough? Uh, and did you have any lasting effects? Um, you know, it was pretty like night and day, like one moment COVID was in the body. And then I really started to feel within like four to seven days of like, oh, wow. Like uh, my, my, my heart rate variability was, you know, 15 to 20 points higher all of a sudden. And I was sleeping better and my breath, the breath interval rate was dropping and, you know, it was it was pretty apparent that COVID left fast, but it took six to eight weeks for it to really run its full course after being sick with it. Wow, that sucks. Okay, you're back into racing. How how is your racing gone? And I know that you t we had talked about it. Um, you did Sheldrakis. Yeah, you know, being able to start some big races. Uh, you know. Uh, Flanders Classics put on uh, Shelter Priest, so I got to start Shelter Priest. That was that was a phenomenal experience, and then you know also getting to get the late invitation to the ZLM Tour uh, Two Point HC in the Netherlands just for the Tour de France. You know, racing teams like uh, like um, UAE and 
total direct energy and Bora and quick step, and, you know, Ineos and Jumbo. And it was really, you know, you're thrown into the lion's den and it's, it's such a level and it's so intense and it's, it's so hard. It's really <laughs> TV does not justify how fast we go and how cutthroat some situations are and just how, how deep into the box you have to go and also be willing to just hold yourself there. How do you, how do you put yourself in that mindset to suffer, to just finish? <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I, I like to do it like 10 K at a time or even, you know, sometimes even shorter than that, but like, you know, just make it to the next 10 K, uh, eat, drink, make it to the next 10 K, eat, drink, make it to the next 10 K. And, you know, and, and in all reality, like you can't go that fast forever. Like there'll be certain moments where, you know, you'll be, you'll be cruising along at like 60, 65 K an hour. And you'll be like, man, like we're absolutely flying right now. Like absolutely flying. But like, you know, 10 minutes go on, you make another turn and the wind's against you. And then all of a sudden you're, you're riding at 40 K an hour and you're, you're recovering the best you can and you're eating. And it's just, it's definitely a mind game. And it's it's super difficult, but yeah, just being consistent and just having that wherewithal to know that you can't you can do it. How many races have you done so far this year? Um, around thirty or forty. You know, I don't have a, 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 an exact number, but I, I've had quite a few race starts. You know, being on a on a continental team, and the team has done a great job getting us to races. And so we are, uh, yeah, we're racing a lot. Not bad. Now you went from winning a bunch of kermesses to now in, 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 like I say, this is no disrespect. It's, it's really suffering and trying to finish the race. Um, how do you handle that mentally? Um, I handle it pretty good. You know, despite having COVID, uh, I, I really enjoy the process of, of bike riding and development. And, you know, I really, have understood over my career that celebrating small victories along the way to accomplishments is super important. So I'm, I'm relatively good to my, good to my mind and I am totally, you know, I'm in it for the long haul. So I have that longevity aspect of like, okay, like I might be getting my ass kicked this year, but it's, it's to pay dividends for consistency and, and, you know, result, result ability in the coming years. And, you know, I still want to ride my bike at this level, I think for the next you know, one to one to three years, definitely. And so uh, I'm just kind of putting that investment, this investment year and let my body just develop the fastest it can and celebrate small victories along the way, you know, whether that be making a front split or whether that be being able to ride the front in the last 20K of some races or maybe even sprinting for a result or whatever it might be. But just understanding that this year is a real development year and the body is making the proper steps in that direction so as, as long as i can keep seeing those proper steps made uh i can i can hunker down and and suffer okay you're in the midst of that suffering is there someone that iman lucas goes to and says hey you know is it, it a, is it a mentor a former pro that you can you can just say hey this is what i'm dealing with how do i get through this yeah you know there are you know Lawrence Tandam is still very close and, and special to me. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. It's, you know, it's my job. It's, you don't really go, you know, you, you can, I talk to my wife about how hard it is, of course, cause she's my wife and I live with her and I come home to races and I'm just like, I was fucked. Uh, 
<laughs> no, that's pretty much what I say when I come home. Like, that was that was fucked. That was insane. Um, to just be honest with you, but you know, I I I try not to complain too much, and you know, it, it's it's not even complaining. It's just like grasping the reality of like how deep you got to go. Yeah, I mean, okay, there there's some days where you know I'll call Lawrence and I'm like, dude, I'm 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 shelled, like, and he'll give me a a, a pop of loud pep talk, and he'll be like, when it matters, like. Get back on your bike, stop bitching, go train, get it done. Yeah. And, you know, I work well that way. Or, you know, I'll call my coach and be like, Neil, like, I'm buried. Like, this is super difficult right now. You know, I might have I might have pulled one or, one or two of those cards uh, with each of them this year. So, you know, it's very far and few between. I really got to make a call. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's 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 my job. And if if it's, you know, you don't want to do it or if you find yourself complaining too much, maybe you should find a different job. So, you know, it's never a complaint. It's just sometimes like, well, some days I work harder than others. Yeah. Yeah. Who coaches Iman Lucas? Uh, Neil Henderson at Apex Coaching in Colorado Springs. How long have you been with Neil? I have been with Neil since, well, we worked together for two years when I was in under 23. And then I stopped working with him, and he, you know, was in between that time was still coaching Finney and um, Evelyn Stevens for her hour record, and you know he was engaged with a lot of you know teams, and then we went back to working together March of 2020, kind of when COVID happened. Yeah, because I that year I really wanted to go to um, nationals for the time trial, and he's definitely like a <coughs> a time trial based. You know, really knows his stuff when it comes to big, long, hard efforts. Yeah. So I hired him again for that, and you know, we've been working again since since uh, kind of COVID. So Not bad. Neil Henderson's my go-to guy. Is is it hard to train during the season because you race so much, or is there periods where you can really get in some good training? Yeah, I mean, like races, there's like a, a, a flow in the in the race scene for that reason. So I mean, you'll have like a a, a really heavy three to four weeks of racing and then you might have like three weeks relatively race free so then you can go to a training camp or you can you know really get that volume in with that not that race intensity and you can let your body really heal deep without the you know travel and the race you know the race pace the race pace kills you so if you can get you know three to six hour days in back to back to back to back and just get that nice easy endurance and let the body kind of you know come back to a degree in between the race blocks then it's then it's really nice talk to me about the team that you're riding for it's uh out of ireland i understand mm-hmm. i'm racing yeah for evo pro and they're uh, an irish based continental team irish registered belgium based continental team and yeah it's been really nice and awesome to to be you know to be given that opportunity with evo and the team is is small. I think we got about twelve guys, but we're we're twelve um, hungry, motivated, and uh, kind of the underdogs for sure. And then based off of we lost a title, uh, a sponsor in the in the beginning of the year that really didn't help help things out either. And uh, you know we've managed to kind of um, to build off of that and to overcome that. So the team is. In a, in a good way now and you know they kept us racing even with that uh that situation that was going on uh thankfully super stoked that we were able to still you know get as many races in and still have the support so st- stoked to evo to 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 keep to keep going 
not bad. Is it tough because you're a continental team to get into races? Yeah, you would you would be surprised. Like, I mean, of course, like team our race promoters at the UCI level are like wanting to fill. You know, if it's a one point one, then they're going to want you know the the world tour guys from that registered country there, and they're going to want other pro county teams, and then there's, that leaves it like two to four to two spots for continental teams to get into, and then you know you don't really have the luxury of like planning a, f- a schedule like six or seven weeks out six to eight weeks out because you don't really know which races you're going to get the invite into you have an idea but you never know if you're like a hundred percent in that far out what's your position within the team um you know that we don't really have like a, like a, a fast finisher and we don't really we have a lot of young guys on the team so i've really found myself kind of you know filling the role of like a road captain and just being able to instruct and help in certain ways, you know, I can't really, yeah, maybe this young guy and he's struggling with training or struggling with a mental aspect of things or helping explain certain parts of a race or whatever it might be. But I've definitely found myself as kind of being the older guy on the team because I'm the oldest, uh, I think with, you know, some of the most experience too, and, uh, not being able, just not being afraid to, to lead in a degree, not being like a boss guy, but like just, just, you know, barking orders and understanding and listening and helping. And, you know, I think that's kind of the role I've been playing this year also along with myself, just developing at the same time. So, you know, I'm not going to like demand the guys ride for me if, um, you know, half and half having a hard time getting to the finish or having a hard time making that final split. So it's, it's just the little team that could at the moment, but I think, with a hard year in the body for everybody, I think next year we're going to be a lot stronger together. Have you raced mostly in Belgium, or have you guys been all over the place? Uh, we've done a lot of racing in Belgium, of course. We also did, I got to race for the first time in Ireland um, just before I got COVID. That was cool. Um, we've raced in Holland quite a bit. We've spent quite a bit of time in France. Uh, we were trying to get into some races in Germany, but didn't get in. So, you know, we've been, we've been, you know, bouncing around Europe quite a bit. Damn. Okay. You earlier this year, you were doing a little bit of stuff with, uh, the national track team. How, how where's that situation at? Yeah. You know, uh, opportunities with USA cycling are super awesome and very, I'm very thankful for, you know, anytime the national team calls you, it's, it's pretty special. Um, regards to the track, you know, but that, that track, that men's elite program is really aiming heavily towards, um, LA 2028, but you know, between now and LA 2028, Paris 2024. And so they're really just on that long-term trajectory for development and getting guys together and creating a successful unified group. And, uh, you know, I can really see where I could play in being a, a key player in the 2024 games. And that's like a long-term goal for me and, you know, talking with the coaches and, and trying to get as much time on the track with balancing a full road team, uh, road schedule. So, you know, nothing's set in stone and I'm, I'm not saying I'm going to the Olympics, but it's definitely a, a back of the mind goal with a lot of, uh, a lot of force behind it. So super stoked that USA cycling, uh, has brought me into the mix to a degree and still talking to coaches and seeing where I can fit in and, and still uh still grow and develop on that that standpoint so yeah it's exciting stuff there that's not bad with evo you ride dolan that's a british frame talk to me about that because it it, was it tough to transfer from the specialized that you were riding to uh, a dolan 
Um, it was. I was very. Um, I was very not skeptical. Forgot the word I was. I was looking for, but I was very you know optimistic. I was like, oh, you know, like new bike. I've always been on S Works. It's you know, it's a phenomenal bike with Specialized, and you know, everyone's like, how are you going to deal with riding on a Dolan? And to quite surprise, I I love my Dolan. The Aries is fantastic. It's fast. It's it's very stiff. It's um yeah. I I really have no complaints. It was a little finicky to dial in with position, like for the first month. But once the position was dialed, and you know you you got the the shakes out of it, it was it was bomb proof, and it's, it's been a great bike for me. So I have no complaints on the on the Dolan. You know the other component sponsors like uh, like Scope Wheels. We just brought on halfway through the season, so we're stoked on Scope. Those wheels are bomb-proof, and yeah, stoked. Everything's good. What about your group set? What are you guys riding? Um, training bikes are Ultegra Mechanical, and race bikes are Durace uh, Di2. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay, y'all doing all right. Damn. Um, yeah. So what does the season look like from here? Now, you're on vacation with the wife. Um when do you go back and when do you start training again? Yeah, so we wrap up our vacation here in Greece on Monday. So I got it's Friday, so I got the weekend left and head back to Belgium for a half week block of training. And racing starts again in the middle of August, August 14th, 15th, something like that. And then from there, it's pretty much flat out from probably 20. 20 to 25 more races between the middle of August and September. Once the end of I'm back in California for the first couple of days of October and then uh, be on my surfboard and I'll still be training because I'm still going to train in birthday, uh, October 15th. I always try to make it as far into October, as close to the birthday as I can. Um, then I got a bachelor party to attend and then my birthday and then, then a birthday surf trip and then I won't be a bike rider for a month, and I'll just sit on my uh, sit on my butt and surf my surf to my heart's desire and drink beers and hang out with my buddies and yeah. Then it all starts again in November. Um, tell me this: uh, How was the wife taken to Belgium on her second season? Yeah, you know, it was. Uh, what's the words I'm looking for? Just her her psyche and her well being. She's so much more uh, excited and productive. She's doing great. Yeah, she's transferred from doing a lot of online school teaching, um, English teaching, to uh, freelance writing program gigs, and and so she's uh, she's a lot happier, and she's taken on you know more more uh, more work. So it's it's good for the the family's income, and everything's uh, you know everything's doing good. You know, sharing this adventure with her is really exciting, and it's been fun, and. We're still happily married and all all good all, all good in the hood. What made you guys go to Greece? Um, honestly, I'm I have I started coaching an individual who's become a really good friend and you know mentor along the way, and he's um, you know graciously opened his um, uh, his family's vacation to us, you know and invited us to hang out for a week here with him and his family. And it's just been a, a wonderful time. Wow. So what is it like there? I mean, it was so far that you've been there. Yeah, it's, um, you know, we're, we're kind of away from the city, um, in our own little place. So we just get to spend a lot of time just with each other and 
we have uh, access to the ocean. So we're we're in the we're in the ocean, and then we're in the pool, and we're all just hanging out, and it's sunny and warm, and yeah, no uh, no complaints. Not bad. Well, Iman Lucas, I want to let you go because I know you're on vacation, so you can enjoy it. But again, thank you for joining the Tour de Tot Cycling Podcast. You are a blessing, my friend. Thank you, Todd. I appreciate you having me on, and uh, we'll, we'll catch up. Uh, we'll catch up soon. You got it. Take care.